Angie's List is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco-move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Hey, friendo, Steve here. Hey, Larson. And on today's Going In Raw News Brief, Mike Tyson returns to Dynamite. Triple H reveals he had conversations with CM Punk, but first, do wrestling fans hate everything? Seth Rollins thinks they do. Larson, what's in the news? Uh, Seth Rollins, he's in the news, not because of his awesome suits. Uh, so, uh, if you remember, Seth Rollins' baby face run a couple years back didn't exactly go well. Uh, it certainly didn't help the finish to his Hell in a Cell bout against The Fiend was basically universally panned, even though I kind of appreciate it. Something different. Same. Anyways. Same. This is something different. Unpopular he opinion. Tried, he tried to kill him. He tried. He, his attempted murder. Okay. I feel like that's not, a good reason for the ref to stop the match. Digging us into a bigger I don't mean, I don't care. I'll make, I'll, I'll, I'll stick by my opinion. Anyways, during a recent appearance on Ryan Satin's Out of Character podcast, Rawls talked about why he thinks... It's hard to be a babyface in today's WWE. That's what you had to say. Quote, when you're a babyface in this era, it is hard to keep people to like you, keep people liking you. It's difficult because I think people's natural reaction is, for whatever reason, is to dislike almost everything. And I don't know why that is. That's what entertainment has turned into. So to be frustrated, unsatisfied, and not like something, that's what's cool, especially when you're told that you're supposed to like it. And so it becomes pretty hard to not let that go to your head. So my focus was to try and have good matches, have fun, tell interesting stories, things that were different. And I did that for the most part. He continues. It got weird. It got very odd. Uh, as it permeated to, I would go to live events or non-televised events, and the response was not what you would see on TV. I mean, to me, they were two totally different crowds. I'd be main eventing a live event against Baron Corbin. The crowd would be 100%. Let's go Rollins. Burn it down. Nonstop. It was a party. And then you come to TV and half the crowd would be the louder half half of the crowd would be up in my throat. It was very confusing. I think sometimes it pushes our creative process in directions we may not, maybe shouldn't be going, but that's how it is. That's how the business is these days. So you got to figure it out and adapt. And if you don't, you're going to get left by the wayside. It's an interesting perspective. I don't experience life the way Seth Rollins does. And so he is definitely seeing things that are unique to his experience. I kind of, I, I, I will disagree with this element of what he's saying um, that fans, uh, the people's natural reaction is for whatever reason is to dislike almost everything. I don't know why that is. That's what entertainment has turned into. I don't think that's true. I don't I th- think that's true either. I think there's, there is definitely a segment of fans in any, in anything that and and it's it's magnified via social media. Yes, and these people sort of congregate um, via social well, media. Will, you know, we see it on social media. People tend to find their own echo chambers. Yeah, right. And you know, you have a community on social media of like-minded individuals, mm-hmm. and you feed off your like-minded opinions, and they're validated. We see that you know all over the place. Yeah, and and there's definitely an element that you know. Oh, I just want to be counter to to everything. But I don't think it's and I think that element is a a, like a super minority. 
You know, I don't think that that's what he's experiencing. I don't that's think that that's what it is. Attitude of people. No, 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 I don't think so. Why is it Mox has been able to be a super successful baby face? Uh, uh, Hangman Adam Page has been able to be a super successful baby Even within face. WWE, Daniel Bryan. Daniel you Bryan know? has been able to be an incredibly over baby let me, face. Let me interrupt you just for a moment. I know, I know that you have more to add, but I think one thing in here is is pretty telling when he says, especially when you're told that you're supposed to like it. I think that's more the issue. I don't think people have a negative inclination or have an inclination to, to, to look at things negatively or dislike it for the sake of disliking it. I think people have a natural reaction. If you tell them you're supposed to like this, they're going to think, well, why? You know, if 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 the idea, you know, I think Roman Reigns is the most famous recent example of WB pushing someone out there to be the guy. You know, some have described it as Roman being pushed down her throat. And I think we as wrestling fans all got the impression that this was the guy that we are supposed to be be getting behind. This is the guy Vince wants us to cheer for. And especially coming off the heels of Daniel Bryan where the fans elevated Daniel Bryan to the guy. Um, I think I think they're, they're... Vince, we've seen this from a creative standpoint many times. He thinks he knows what's best for the fans and will book his creative accordingly. Not to say he doesn't ever change direction. He does, Daniel Bryan being a, a, a good example of that. But especially now with social media out there where we can, you know, anybody could, could toss their opinions on an app on a phone and it could potentially reach hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of people, which wasn't a thing in the past. You know, <laughs> you know, if there was Twitter around when Hulk Hogan was being pushed, maybe people would have reacted negatively towards that because like, oh, here's here's this guy. They obviously want to be this huge deal. You know, I can't stand him. I don't care about his pythons. I don't care about, I don't take my vitamins. I'm lactose intolerant. I can't drink milk. Um, why do I care about Hulk Hogan? Um, there's there's a lot more avenues now where people can voice their opinions, and I mentioned earlier, find their echo chamber, and then those opinions are amplified. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in a situation where people are being, or feel like they're being told what to like or not like, mm-hmm. people are gonna there's gonna be a knee jerk reaction against that. It also didn't help that he didn't help himself in the in in social media. There's mm-hmm. some some wrestlers are very savvy with it, like yes. Ro- Roman Reigns, for example. You'll never hear him. He, he went through so much didn't complain at all about how the response was to, about what the response was to his character. Mm-hmm. Seth mm-hmm. Rollins would be captured on video being pretty condescending. I remember I'll never forget there was a, there was that video of of a convention Comic-Con Q&A panel. Yeah. It was Comic-Con thing and somebody asked a question about process, about the writing process, what goes on backstage, which is something that people are very interested mm-hmm. in that is that is very guarded by WWE and Seth Rollins was very condescending to this person. I and I forget if he was a face or a heel at the time or what the deal was. I think he was still a face. And and he just says, oh, well, are you there? Are you there backstage? I've never seen you backstage. And it's like, I understand from his perspective, it can get very frustrating. But from what from our perspective, we're not in his shoes day to day. So we don't experience that frustration. All we see is the reaction to that frustration that is unleashed on fans mm-hmm. in these, you know, sit down things. And it's kind of ugly. And it's like, well, well, screw you then, dude. You know, like you're going to be that that guy is paying money to come see you to come to this thing to ask you a question about process. And maybe the fan didn't get the question out in the way that, you know, is the most uh, tactful way. But, Mm -hmm. you know, understand that this guy is is putting his money into the product 
and he's curious about this stuff. And, and, and it was just kind of an ugly moment. And there was and a couple of these things yeah. instances on social media. Yeah. And if it's an instance where Seth is looking to kind of protect the mystery of that, then there's a way to frame it where, you know, you could just say as much like, you know, uh, I think there's magic to having a bit of a, a mystery about kind of the inner workings of these things. So, you know, I appreciate where you're coming from. If I were in shoes, I'd probably be asking the same question. But at the end of the day, the mystery around that kind of stuff, he could, he could easily say, I think amplifies, improves the product. So, uh, you know, the, you know, no offense, but I'm, I'm going to push on answering the question. And that's, a, that's a, a diplomatic way of putting it. And again, maybe he gave that answer a hundred times and it wasn't mm-hmm. captured on video. And this is the one time that was captured on video and Entirely he was kind possible. of over it. And, and I can appreciate that as a performer, especially in front of thousands upon thousands over the span of years, millions of people uh, live he's a good gauge of what's working and what isn't working. It's just, you have to wonder if his perspective is somewhat clouding the actual reasons as to why things aren't working. And it comes out like this. Um, and also, you know, especially when they're on the road, the men and women uh, who work for WB work unreal schedules. They're on the road all the time. In the same uh, podcast with Ryan set, he was talking to shield days. He was on the road 300 days a year. They're tired. Yeah. yeah. You know, they're worn out. Yeah. Um, probably at times burnt out, um, you know, and, and, and sometimes when that happens, people might be a little short. And he's a guy who, pr- who obviously takes great, great pride in what he does yes. and yes. to achieve so much. And then to be put in a situation where it's like, okay, now this is the role I have. And I hate to say this, but to essentially fail at that role, that's gotta be a tough pill to swallow. And you start looking mm-hmm. for, for, for answers. And sometimes it's difficult to come up with those answers. I wonder too if his perception of all this is 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 influenced by how the fans reacted to Roman. You know, he and Roman, I believe, are friends. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, and uh, you know, Roman went through that uh, during his push, and then following Seth to a, a somewhat lesser degree, kind of went through it as well. But you know, from a creative standpoint, it wasn't like he was done a whole lot of favors. When you're a, a baby face in WWE, you generally don't have a whole lot to work with to keep your character interesting. That's, that's generally that's how WWE well. handles their baby faces. It is, um, yeah. And so more than anything, what fans want from the wrestling product is interesting characters, people doing cool stuff. Um, people want to appreciate wrestlers work. And mm-hmm. Seth has always been really good in the ring. Mm-hmm. You can't fault him really for oh, no. his yeah. in-ring One of the best. work at all. Um, you know, and so it comes down to the character stuff. And if you're just, if you're being booked like a generic baby face in WWE, you can only, I mean, unless you really just go out there and just say, oh, I'm just going to do my own thing. You know, if it, you, it's, it's hard for you to to veer outside the parameters, I'm sure you're being given for the particular storylines you're in. And if it's just not meaty stuff, it's hard to get people invested in it. One function that WWE has with baby faces, and you see this with Drew McIntyre, um, is to be kind of like a host to the fans. You know, Drew McIntyre has opened how many episodes of Raw, sort of mm-hmm. recapping stuff, you know, uh, uh, being very... Uh, uh, what's the word affable, you know, I guess. And he's just a pleasant personality there. Mm-hmm. That can wear thin. And Seth was doing the exact same thing as a face. If they simply had kept him away from the microphone and had him do cool stuff, but to bad guys, people would have, they would have been all, they would have been like, Oh wow, this guy's really cool. Like th- there is an element of the, you know, and, and it's a, it's a tried and true formula. And this is why I think Mox is so successful. Mox doesn't really care what the, in character, He's his own person. He did, he's not there to be host to anybody. He doesn't really care. 
you know, I mean, he'll get on the on the mic sometimes. I'm like, oh yeah, no, you know, you guys want to see me beat this guy up? It's like, yeah, of course. It's always in the context yeah. of, hey, you want to see me do something cool? But he doesn't pander to the crowd a whole lot. No, and WWE, they, it's like they instruct their baby. And the reason why Daniel Bryan can do this because he does it. The reason why he can is because Daniel Bryan has always been a proxy for the crowd, the smaller guy, the underdog, the guy who has that intangible personality that we all kind of know this guy, even if we don't know him at all. We all kind of feel like we kind of know this guy. We understand him. We know where he's coming from. Seth never had that. And and so that's why he failed to connect with. And it not virtually nobody else can have that thing. You know, it's not an easy. It's yeah. an intangible. Yeah. It's like Daniel Bryan and, has well, always and had it. And it, well, it's also something that you got to earn from the fan. True. Base. Yeah, 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 absolutely. You know, you just can't assume that role and expect people to react the same way they do Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan earned that trust mm-hmm. yeah. from the fan base. You know? you know who else has that? Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens yeah. can just the crowd. I don't think will ever turn on Kevin Owens. They just sort of see themselves, you know, even even as a bad guy. It's like, oh man, you could be as the bad guy, the, the baddest guy ever. But it's like with Kevin Owens, you just always feel, oh man, I feel this guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially early on NXT, yeah, he was he was a heel, but you understood his motivations. You've always he turned he on his best always, friends. He, yeah, he's always made his motivations clear. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the great thing about Kevin Owens too. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. totally. Uh, let's talk the Wednesday Night Wars, Steve. They're coming to an end, but that doesn't mean AEW is pulling punches. On this week's edition of Dynamite, uh, they're going head-to-head with night one of NXT TakeOver Stand Deliver. And then today, AEW announced that Mike Tyson will be oh, making yeah. an appearance on tomorrow's episode to try to get those ratings up. That's not what AEW said, but <laughs> you know that's the idea. Anyways, the press release didn't indicate what Tyson would be doing, though. It did mention that, quote, Tyson appeared at the Double or Nothing pay-per-view event in May 2020, followed by a memorable AEW uh, Dynamite episode where he brawled with Chris Jericho in the inner circle. Unlike last May, there were no fans in attendance at Daly's Place, and Jacksonville fans will now have the opportunity to see Tyson in person this Wednesday night in a safe live event setting. So now that the inner circle is deep in the fe- in a feud with Pinnacle, um, uh, you got to assume at least to a certain degree, inner circles be assuming the babyface role yep. in that particular feud. Oh, yeah. Unless Mike Tyson is recruited by MJF to join Pinnacle, uh, I don't see how Tyson will step in to potentially further anything with Jericho, but you never know. Uh, so I'm just trying to think of what other roles, what other, what other, something else Tyson could be doing on Dynamite. Is there uh, losing a match to Cody? Is that a possibility? Cody brings him in. What, uh, what's Cody doing these days? He's in a feud with QT. Oh, yeah. QT. Oh, Mike Tyson can become a, a Nightmare Factory student. Oh, head trainer. Head trainer. Head yeah. trainer. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Uh, yeah, I really don't know. I, I suspect it would have something to do with the inner circle. You know, they would get another another sort of leg up on, on Pinnacle uh, mm-hmm. before ultimately Pinnacle gets some sort of ultimate victory Wind over. Win in a blood and guts match at double or nothing. Yes. Yeah, well, if they don't call it that, I don't have to pay you a dime. Uh, moving on here, let's talk about a guy who I'd love to pay a dime to show up in wrestling again, CM Punk. And evidently, the game is trying to do it, or at least he was. So Triple H and CM Punk Larson obviously never seemed to really be on the best of terms. Oh, remember when CM Punk gave Triple H uh, cry face that contract signing with John Cena, talking about the chaperone DVD? Straight to DVD, same as yours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, any discussion between these two is probably pretty noteworthy during an appearance on pardon my take yesterday, 
Triple H was asked about when he last talked to Mr. Phil Brooks. His response in these transcripts come to you via cage side seats is as follows. I'm not going to do this in Triple H voice. Oh, he said, uh, last time I talked to him uh, like a year and a half ago, year and three quarters ago. So like almost two years ago, yeah. he says, you know, it's a funny thing that people constantly will say, you know, when his return is or but in some way, I don't know whether he does or not, but that has to be what he wants. When people talk about, well, make the call. What says if we make the call, he wants to answer. What says if we make the call, he doesn't go like, yeah, I'm not interested in doing that anymore. Maybe he's just done with it. I think that those are conversations that only those people can directly answer. And I think if he does want to do it, or I'm sorry, if he wants to do it, either we would get word and we would have those conversations or he would make a call or anything like that. But there has to be desire there to do something like that. The business is just too all in just to go like, eh, all right, I'll do it. So interesting. They had those conversations. Uh, and uh, this was uh, around yeah, a year and a half ago. They were, they were all just snapping up all that talent. AEW is quickly becoming a thing or about to be a thing, maybe. Yeah. Was that around the time of All In? When was All In? Uh, it was a year and a half ago that, yeah, it was a year and a half ago that Dynamite started because it was October. Yeah. So, yeah, leading up to that, I guess that would totally make sense. So that probably been around the time that they started, started doing backstage then, too. Yeah, yeah, probably, yeah. I mean, I we always felt that maybe backstage was like, Dipping his toe in. Okay, well, I'm sort of. Oh, I think I think you probably felt that more than I did. I didn't think there's any chance he was going to get back in a WWE ring whatsoever. Well, I thought that. Yeah, I thought it was, it was absolutely was possible. You know, why not? The guy likes money. They were giving out money hand over fist. He even named a price, which is astronomical. But a negotiation starts at an astronomical price. So sure, absolutely. I mean, the fact that he took a phone call from Triple H says that something was was a possibility. Didn't happen. There you go. I mean, it doesn't seem it's not out of the realm of possibility. Seems highly unlikely. There's CM Punk's also mentioned there is a lot of a lot of work to be done to repair the relationship between himself and and the powers that be in WWE. Mm -hmm. I always I think my, my thing was I didn't think it was money. it was like gonna happen. I thought that if it was never gonna happen, he wouldn't have done backstage. Why even Why even go and talk about wrestling at all about WWE? If, if he thought in his head, well, listen, he's even said, well, you know, I've never said never. It's just there's a lot of hurdles to get through. And that's what Obviously. I thought backstage was, you know, dipping your toe into it. Maybe kind of find my way in the business again. Anyways, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We appreciate it. Let us know what you think in the comments below. Leave us a thumbs up and hit that subscribe button. And, of course, all week we'll be doing our live reactions uh, yeah. to Ooh. uh to everything going on. In yeah, I was just right sitting now. there thinking about all the, all the, all the work we got to do the rest of the week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be something else. It's going to be intense. What, five straight days of streaming shows. Yeah, should be a blast. I'm looking forward to It'll it. be intense. Anyways, thanks everybody for tuning in. Appreciate it. Till next time, we'll talk to you later. Goodbye. Help support Going In Raw today by becoming a Friendo Club TV member. You'll get access to new bonus episodes every week, including Friendo Club Arcade, Live Power Rank, Vintage 10 for the Wins, and Ask Steven Larson. Get access to Friendo Club TV today by becoming a $5 and up patron at patreon.com forward slash Steven Larson, by throwing us a sub at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson, or by clicking join at youtube.com forward slash Steven Larson.
you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.